1: Thank you for attending WAJAX Corporation's 2020 fourth quarter results webcast. On today's webcast will be Mark Foote, WAJAX's President and Chief Executive Officer, and Mr. Stuart Ald, Chief Financial Officer. Please be advised that this webcast is being recorded. Please note that this webcast contains forward looking statements. Actual future results may differ from expected results. I will now turn the call over to Mark Foote.
2: Thank you and good afternoon. Thank you for uh, participating in our fourth quarter call. This afternoon we'll be following a webcast which includes a summary presentation of our fourth quarter financial results. Presentation can be found on our website under investor relations, events and presentations. I'll provide you with a general update and then turn it over to Stu for comments on backlog, inventory, cash and the balance sheet. And to begin with, I'd like to draw your attention to the cautionary statement uh, regarding forward-looking information on slides two and three. And additionally, non-GAAP and additional GAAP measures are summarized on slides 21 through 23 for your reference. So if you turn to slide four, please. WIJACS has consistently adhered to four objectives in response to the pandemic. Protecting the health and safety of our employees, Uh, providing strong service to our customers, protecting the financial health of the company, and finally, positioning ourselves to refocus on growing the company as conditions improve. Our decisions in the fourth quarter and going forward will be made according to these objectives, and a summary of our actions is included in the MD&A news release that we issued last night. On behalf of the management team and the board of directors, I'd like to thank our employees for their dedication, commitment, and flexibility during this difficult period. The entire team continues to do an excellent job in the fourth quarter, including adhering to enhanced safety protocols and demonstrating their commitment to serving our customers every day. Turn to slide five. Revenue of 381 million was down 6% in the quarter. The decline in revenue was due primarily to lower sales in Eastern and Western Canada. EBIT of $18.8 million was down $2.6 million, or 12%, in the quarter. The decrease in EBIT was primarily attributable to $1 million in transaction costs related to Tundra, a million in lower gains on property sales and lower revenue, offset partially by improved sales and margins in ERS. Adjusted net earnings of 48 cents was down three cents, or 5%, in the quarter, noting the adjustments that are included on the chart. And the full year triff rate of 1.08 uh, was 22% better year over year. We're very proud of the team that, uh, and has continued to improve workplace safety despite the obvious challenges of 2020. If you turn to slide six, the company qualified for $5.7 million in wage subsidies in the quarter and allocated those amounts uh, of $4.4 million and $1.3 million to cost of sales and SG&A respectively. It's important to note that the net positive effect of the subsidies in the fourth quarter was approximately 1.7 million due to the redirection of 4 million to temporary supplemental compensation programs directed primarily at the company's frontline employees who continue to provide excellent and essential support to our customers across Canada. We turn to slide seven. The revenue decline of 5.7% for the fourth quarter and 8.4% for the full year was driven primarily by Western and Eastern Canada. Central Canada sales declined 1% in the fourth quarter and 3% for the year. In the fourth quarter, stronger ERS and crane utility sales uh, largely offset weakness in forestry and power generation. Construction and material handling sales were comparable on a year-over-year basis. Eastern Canada sales declined 6% in the fourth quarter and 8% for the full year. In the fourth quarter sales, the sales decline was primarily related to material handling and power generation, partially offset by strong construction sales. While ERS sales were comparable year over year, operational restrictions due to required safety protocols in the shops have constrained growth, which we fully expect to increase as COVID conditions improve. In Western Canada sales declined 8% in the fourth quarter and 12% for the year, In the fourth quarter, sales were generally weak across most categories, including mining and material handling, the effects of which were partially offset by strong forestry sales and secondarily by improved results in construction. If you turn to slide eight. An update on equipment and product support sales and year-over-year variances are shown on this page. Equipment sales of approximately 145 million declined 7.3%, due primarily to lower equipment sales and material handling and power generation. In material handling, the decline was driven by lower intermodal sales due to a major order last year, which did not repeat. Power generation equipment sales continued to be under pressure due to lower project volume. These declines were partially offset by strong construction equipment sales. Product support sales of approximately $102 million declined 7.5% due primarily to weakness in Western Canada and in particular, lower parts and service volumes from the oil sands. While the company is yet to see a specific improvement of product support sales in this key market, customer activity does indicate a more positive trend in 2021. Please turn to slide nine. An update on industrial parts and ERS sales and year-over-year variances are shown on this page. Industrial parts sales of approximately $86 million declined 3.4% due primarily to Western Canada. Sales in Central and Eastern Canada were comparable year-over-year and ERS sales of approximately 43 million increased 3.3% due primarily to the additional volume from the acquisition in North Point. You turn to slide 10. Slide summarizes our sales at a category level for the quarter and year to date. Specific to the fourth quarter and noting that market conditions due to COVID-19 continue to broadly affect our business. Aggregate year over year sales in our targeted growth categories in the quarter was roughly flat compared to last year. Aggregate year-over-year sales in our core strength categories of industrial parts, forestry, on-highway, and powered marine declined approximately 7%. And aggregate year-over-year sales in our cyclical and major project categories of mining, engines, and transmissions, and crane utility uh, declined approximately 11%. Let me turn the call over to Stu.
3: Thanks, Mark. Uh, please turn to uh, slide 11 for comments on backlog. Our Q4 backlog decreased 23.4 million or 11% sequentially from the previous quarter and decreased 62.1 million or 26% on a year-over-year basis. It should be noted that our backlog as at December 31, 2020 now includes our ERS business, including DeLoma North Point. And therefore, for comparability purposes, backlog includes the Loam and North Point for the September 30, 2020 backlog, and includes the Loam for the December 31, 2019 backlog. The sequential decrease was driven primarily by lower mining, forestry, power generation, and construction orders, partially offset by higher material handling and industrial parts orders. The year-over-year decrease relates to lower orders in the mining and power generation categories partially offset by the addition of North Point's ERS backlog. Please turn to slide 12 for an update on our current inventory levels. Inventory including consignment decreased 51.2 million compared to Q3 2020 as a result of lower equipment, parts and work in process inventory in most categories partially offset by higher mining equipment inventory. Consignment inventory decreased 18.7 million from the previous quarter. Inventory, including consignment, decreased 130.9 million compared to Q4 2019, as a result of lower equipment, parts, and work-in-process inventory in most categories, partially offset by higher mining equipment inventory. Consignment inventory decreased 73.4 million compared to Q4 2019. We continue to work closely with suppliers and to review inventory levels in accordance with expected market conditions. Please turn to slide 13, where I'll provide an update on cash flow and leverage. Cash flow from operating activities in the current quarter have increased 13.3 million from Q3 2020 due primarily to an increase in cash generated from changes in non-cash, operating working capital, and higher net earnings. Leverage ratio, our Q4 leverage ratio decreased uh, compared to Q3 from 2.59 times to 2.28 times as the lower debt level was partially offset by lower trailing 12-month pro forma adjusted EBITDA. Our available credit capacity at the end of Q4 was 259.3 million, of which 50 million relates to a non-revolving acquisition term facility that was used to finance the acquisition of Tundra in the first quarter of 2021. The remaining credit capacity of approximately 209 million is sufficient to meet short-term normal course working capital and maintenance capital requirements and certain strategic investments. Please uh, turn to slide 14 where I'll provide an update on financial position. We continue to focus on working capital efficiency, which is a key component in managing our overall leverage targets. The decline in inventory turns from Q4 2019 is due to lower trailing 12-month average sales offset partially by lower average inventory levels. As previously disclosed, we continue to evaluate ways to unlock cash from the business, and as such, have completed a market value assessment of our own real estate holdings. In the fourth quarter, we entered into a sale and leaseback transaction for one of our own properties for proceeds net of transaction costs of $1.2 million. In the fourth quarter, we also sold one property for $1.6 million with a gain of $1.2 million. Further opportunities to sell redundant real estate as well as leaseback opportunities have been identified and are being pursued in 2021. Proceeds from any real estate sales will be used primarily to debt repayment. The earnings impact from any sale and leaseback transaction is not expected to be material as any gains are expected to be approximately offset by the incremental lease costs over the term of the lease. Finally, the board has approved our first quarter dividend of 25 cents per share payable on April 6, 2021 to shareholders of record on March 15, 2021. Please turn to slide 15. At this point, I'll hand the call back to Mark to provide an update on Tundra and a brief update on our uh, 2021 financial outlook and
2: concluding remarks. Thanks, Stu. We announced the acquisition of Tundra on December 30th of last year and subsequently closed the transaction on January 22nd, 2021. We include this chart as a point of reference on Tundra and emphasize that we're very excited about our ability to expand Tundra's business within its current Western Canada market and over time in Wage Access Central and Eastern Canada markets through our customer relationships and sales and operational footprint. If you turn to slide 16, this puts Tundra into context with our broader uh, ERS strategy. With the markets and services that make up what we estimate to to be a $5 billion market annually in Canada, and noting that our existing large customers are typically major consumers of ERS services, Tundra has helped us close an important gap in our offering to our customers and specifically process and instrumentation systems. Combined with our acquisitions of Delome North Point, Wajax is building our position as a Canadian leader in ERS services. Our 2021 outlook appears on slide 17. Recognizing that the challenges Wajax faced in 2020 have persisted into 2021, The company nevertheless enters 2021 with confidence, expecting that it's positioned to succeed over the longer term. In 2021, Wajax remains focused on the same priorities that guided us in 2020, specifically protecting the health and safety of our employees, providing excellent customer service, protecting the company's financial health and driving our long-term growth strategy. Corporation expects revenue associated with the acquisition of Tundra to be the significant contributor of total revenue growth in 2021. Organic revenue growth is expected to be modest, due primarily to heavy equipment markets that are not expected to fully recover to 2019 levels in 2021. Wajax's inventory and working capital investments will will remain conservative, pending a clear indication of a sustained recovery. Considering the acquisition debt related to Tundra to be incurred in the first quarter, leverage is expected to decline by year end due to positive cash flow from operations, real estate monetization and other cash management initiatives. In the corporation's heavy equipment categories representing pro-forma sales of 58%, Wagex will continue to focus on success in construction, material handling, forestry and mining, including improvements in product support volumes. While equipment markets are not expected to fully recover in 2021, WageX has excellent opportunities in these categories and will continue to work closely with its supplier partners to prudently grow market share and capture aftermarket sales. In industrial parts and ERS, representing pro forma sales of 42%, Wajax expects higher organic growth and a strong contribution from Tundra. ERS continues to be one of the Corporation's most significant opportunities capable of growth at each point in the economic cycle. Corporation's infrastructure programs are expected to continue in 2021, including investments in branch network consolidation and technology. Following the COVID-19 related delay in 2020, the phased implementation of the Corporation's new ERP system is expected to begin in the second quarter of 2021 and continue over an approximately 24-month time frame in order to reduce the associated implementation risks. And with that operator, we'll open it up for questions.
1: Thank you. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster Your first question comes from Michael Dumet with Scotiabank. Your line is open.
4: Uh, Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, So starting on the the revenue expectations for 21 versus 2019, Mark, you called out high organic recovery in industrial parts and ERS versus um, heavy equipment. Um, I was wondering if you could just maybe start us off by providing a little bit more color there. Um, and then as it relates to heavy equipment, um, you know, what do you think about product support and, in 21 and how that could approach uh, 2019 levels?
2: I guess in, in heavy equipment and in, in the, specifically the equipment side of it, Michael, our conversations with, uh, with our manufacturing partners you know, suggest that the recovery in the equipment markets uh, will be gradual over the course of the next couple of years. So, our our budgets and expectations are built um, respecting that expectation. If recoveries are stronger than that, then uh, then obviously we'll do our absolute best to to capture those opportunities. But we have built most of our expectations built on a on a gradual recovery that uh, don't see full equipment recovery of the 2019 levels until 2022. Okay, now uh, there's a bunch of different opinions about that, but that's the way we've built our current expectations. Mm -hmm. In product support, I think we're we're reasonably pleased with product support outside of Western Canada. And uh, the product support volumes in the West, uh, the weakness that we saw in 2020, so call it just over 80% of the product support declines in 2020 for wayjacks were related to the oil sands and the extent to which activity in the oil sands improves, um, we anticipate obviously that that trend would uh, would improve also. Uh, We, as I said in the commentary, we haven't seen a specific indication of that from a sales standpoint just yet, but activities with the customers have markedly increased and uh, we're cautiously optimistic that that trend will be a bit better for us in 2021 than it was in 2020.
4: And just lastly, on the bullishness around industrial parts, ERS, uh, the major drivers there, Mark? Uh,
2: we believe our business in Central and Eastern Canada uh, will continue to enjoy a reasonably positive trend if you exit the second quarter last year. Um, even with COVID, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, a bad year from an industrial parts standpoint. So I think we've got some optimism, particularly around Ontario. As it relates to industrial parts from a growth standpoint, uh, we have a great market share in Quebec, so I think we'd expect to hold on to that. And uh, if we see some increase in the oil sands markets, then that obviously drags industrial parts and ERS up a wee bit. Um, so that that's where the um, constructiveness would be uh, would be there.
4: Gotcha, okay, thanks. Um, and then maybe just moving down to gross margins. I mean, obviously a lot of moving parts to consider for next year. Um, You've talked about a little bit more growth in industrial parts and ERS, product support. Um, I guess that's contingent on the recovery in the oil sands. But just how should we think about gross profits, maybe first half, second half, um, and any color around uh, mix as well?
2: Uh, We have generally planned gross profit margins at a higher rate than we experienced in 2020, Um, even if you x out the impact of Sue's. Uh, Some of that is an expectation of mix because of, you know, equipment sales continuing to at least not being expected to grow as as significantly Mm -hmm. as as if the recovery was faster. Uh, But there's a number of gross margin improvement initiatives underway in the company right now. So we're we're reasonably bullish on an improvement in margins to, um, say, materially higher levels than we experienced in 2020.
4: Okay. That's the tough one, maybe if I can squeeze one in here um on um you know your expectations as it relates to capex and working cap um for twenty one um, I think you talked about um a couple of initiatives you called out cash management initiatives in the press release um if you can talk about that a little bit more thank you
3: i think as we uh as we experienced in um in twenty twenty um, we were really close to how we managed both our inventory levels, our receivables, and our payables. And, and really it's just it's gonna be just a lot more of what we did uh, this year in terms of staying close to it, managing it,
2: um, and trying to drive the cash flow to uh, pay off debt. I think in addition to that, Michael, if I could add something to what Stuart said. Um, the expectation is we will allocate, uh, Roughly the same amount of capital to the rental fleet in 2021 as we did in 2020. So uh, if you just check the amount of gross investment in rental fleet, it's, uh, it's expected to be reasonably similar. Uh, we wouldn't have committed that capital at this point in time in the second half of the year, but, uh, but we have committed it in the front half.
5: Perfect. Thanks, guys. We'll get back in queue.
1: Your next question comes from Michael Tufolm with TD Securities. Your line is open.
5: Uh thanks. Good afternoon. Uh
6: Mark, you, your comments around the your outlook for equipment sales in 2021. Um appreciate your comments and, and your reliance on your suppliers. I'm wondering if you can break those comments down a little further, just in terms of um some of the various product categories within equipment. Um, and the comments seem a little bit general. Just wondering if there if there are any areas where you are expecting a bit of a pickup, or if or if you can kind of highlight those areas that you see as more challenged and, and likely to recover more gradually.
2: Um, I would say that um, yeah, if I if I took apart the major categories at a reasonably high level, um, we remain reasonably bullish about mining equipment although we're recognizing that that's a, a low unit kind of hot dollar uh, issue. So we have seen a, a bunch of increase in the activity around mining equipment. So most of that stuff's in inventory right now, so that would be quite positive to move through. Uh, we've only uh, booked into our own expectations the, the committed orders for the most part. So the extent to which mining opportunities that are indicated by current quoting uh, materialize and that, that's, that's positive. Um, We've remained pretty conservative on construction and material handling and forestry equipment, albeit for different reasons. Um, I think in construction, um, you know, our partnerships with a number of major manufacturers continue to point to, you know, modest declines in the market on a percentage basis. And again, if that's not the case, then uh, we should be able to do better uh, than our current expectations. Um, So we, we really are looking at the construction equipment market and being, we think, you know, prudent with respect to the size and the, and the momentum of it. We've been on an absolute terror from a forestry standpoint, uh, and uh, you know, our market shares in forestry have really gotten to some pretty impressive levels. So we're we're not expecting the forestry market to continue to grow in 2021 to the extent that it did uh, this year. Um, and in material handling, it's a it's a bit like the construction market. It's a, it's a fairly broad based industrial market. Our conversations with suppliers would continue to indicate that it's it's a slower recovery than I think some people expect. And again, if that's not
6: true, then, then we should uh, we should be able to do a bit better. Perfect. And then, in your outlook, when you when you refer to market share growth opportunities, which which areas in particular uh, do you see the greatest opportunities uh, in 2021 and I guess beyond?
2: Uh, I, I would say probably
6: in the construction and material
2: handling businesses. And uh, I, would, I would stress that they're prudent market share increases, uh, not swinging for the fences on the increases themselves. Our market share in forestry is, as I said just a second ago, you know, reasonably high. And our market share in, in hydraulic vinyl shovels is is also historically and currently quite high. So... I don't expect that we would see increases in shared forestry or mining, but I do think we could expect to see some degree of
6: modest share improvement in construction and material handle. Okay, thanks for that. And then, just in terms of large mining shovel deliveries in 2021, uh, looks like maybe there's one due to due to be delivered. If, if you can just confirm if that's the case, or or if if there are, if the number is different. And then, secondly, remind what occurred in 2020.
2: Uh, yeah, we would have had three large shovels in 2020. And we have one currently booked in 2021, and it's in
6: the second quarter. Okay, thanks for that. Um, just with respect to the Tundra acquisition, I know it, it, it only closed a little over a month ago, but i wondering if you can just comment on how that's performing so far and the extent to which you would expect to see Tundra revenues improve in 2021 versus the trailing 12-month revenue level you disclosed when you announced that acquisition?
2: Yeah, our our most updated TTM number for Tundra that's in the presentation that would have been just up on the screen there, I think the TTM was about $141 or so. Um, We currently would have Tundra planted a bit less than that for two reasons. One, um, looking at just the conditions in Western Canada and all the way enormously optimistic about, about Tundra's um, kind of medium to longer term growth standpoint or opportunities. Uh, the current conditions of Western Canada continue to be a bit a bit of a pressure uh, for for Tundra and businesses like ours. So we're we're budgeting Tundra at less than the TTM number that showed up on the screen uh, for that reason, and also for the fact that you know we we don't actually have them for a full fiscal year. So it'd be eleven out of twelve months. Okay. I wouldn't then, say that the differences between the TTM number and the budget are
6: that material, but they're they're a slight bit less. Okay. Um and then just two two more for me. Uh the ERP implementation, can you just remind the any additional costs as you as you begin that implementation um that we need to be thinking about?
3: Uh no, m- uh minimal additional costs uh uh to start to roll it out.
6: Okay. And then, lastly, um, presumably this is this is a bit of a moving target. But what would be your expectations for any further SUEs amounts in 2021? Uh,
3: uh, The program continues. Um, We we don't really have um, a large expectation this year. We expect to get some money, uh, but we really haven't uh, done the calculation at this point because we haven't finished. uh, We've only finished one month this year.
2: And michael, okay. just uh not to suggest we're at all irresponsible with with the with the money um but if you notice what we did in the fourth quarter, we returned a lot of that uh, a lot of that subsidy to the team
6: yeah okay. uh okay, sorry, and just one last one I, I sorry, I think you covered this off Stuart and um a moment ago, but just just to be clear, uh expectations for changes in non-cash working capital in in 2021 for the full year what how should we be thinking about that
3: Well, it won't be as large as it was uh this year. It should we should see an improvement um but the biggest components were obviously um the inventory reduction.
6: And that's largely done now, right? Uh
3: yeah. Um there 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 could be some additional improvement, it won't be to the extent that it
5: was last year though okay perfect thank you
1: your next question comes from brian fast with raymond james your line is open
5: yeah good afternoon thanks for taking my question um just digging deeper on the the product support question that was asked earlier i think last quarter you mentioned that around uh, 30 percent of the fleet that you service uh was parked um is there an update on, on those figures Is it, it safe to assume that, that number is lower now?
2: Yeah, it would be lower, Brian. I think our discussion with the team earlier this week indicated that we had about ten percent of the fleet parked now versus thirty percent the last time we talked.
5: I okay, think that's encouraging. Um and then maybe just how are you thinking about your physical footprint? I mean, you've taken a number of uh, rationalization measures and executed on on say all lease back transactions. Uh maybe what inning are you are you in that effort? I'm sorry, Brian, can you just repeat the last part of your question, please? Just so maybe what, what inning are you in that effort? Uh, I mean, are you still early days or uh, should we expect uh, uh, kind of an end to that, that those uh, transactions in the near future?
2: We have a, a number of significant transactions that we're considering for 2021. Um, one is a sale lease back. So, um, you know, that's, uh, you know that, that's a non-operating gain if it occurs. Um, and it's possible that uh, we'll be exiting a large facility and simply closing it, which, which obviously would be a straight gain and in co-locating into another facility. So, we have a number of small projects that are underway, which, you know, won't move the needle a ton, um, but there are a couple of more significant ones that are underway right now. It doesn't fundamentally change kind of the total footprint of the company. You know, we're at 116 locations, including Tundra, so I think we would expect to gradually decline that over time. We've already got plans for one of the Tundra facilities to close um, in the second quarter of this year uh, and move uh, those operations into uh, other Tundra locations and, in fact, into some Wajax facilities. So there's always a, there's a continuous improvement to exercise underway there all the time. I'm not sure that's ever really going to be done. But there are a couple of larger real estate transactions which could occur this year. But again, I'll just stress they're non-operating gains, but they could be potentially quite good for from a, a cash inflow
5: standpoint. Okay, good. And then um not to I guess to continue on the earlier questions, just looking at the tundra acquisition, um the slide deck does show pretty significant growth in, in fiscal uh twenty twenty. Uh was there anything in particular that contributed to that? Uh Uh, I guess those figures? Uh,
2: The the Tundra guys have demonstrated over the course of time that they, through the addition of uh, more product and service lines, they've managed to grow the business. Uh, The number that um, I think we've always been very impressed with is in the period, I think it was a 10 year period leading up until uh, 2020, they had a 27% compound annual growth rate, so really impressive growth capabilities. Um, there are always major project opportunities at Tundra. They're, they're um, you know, infrequent but significant. Uh, we typically clean them out of how we think about the TTM number, though. Um, so we're we're continuing to be pretty optimistic about Tundra from a number of perspectives. Uh, one is. The guys have uh, some really impressive and exciting additional lines that uh, they have access to that, that, that operate within the footprint, you know, the AORs that they they have their business in today. Um, we've uh, Wage Access customer list is 32,000, so it's orders of magnitude larger than Tundra's list. So we can migrate a lot of those products and services into uh, customers that, that Tundra just simply wouldn't have access to yet. So the thesis on Tundra is 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 excellent. Uh, We're very excited about it, and um, we respect that market conditions right now are not as optimistic or not as positive as as it could be. But I think that's one of the reasons we want to move on this now because we can show some excellent growth. I think in the medium to longer term.
5: We could appreciate the color. Um, That's it for me.
1: As a reminder, it is star one on your keypad to ask a question. Your next question comes from Devin Dodge with BMO. Your line is open.
7: Hey, good afternoon. Uh, this is Jim Chua calling in for Devin. Um, looking at the SGMA where costs have came in below the target of 14.5 to uh, 15.5% of revenues, uh, even if the full SEUS benefit was excluded, should we be recalibrating this to a lower range? Uh, and Maybe, how should we be thinking about the puts and takes for the s g and a cost in twenty twenty
2: one yeah, I'm sorry, what was your first name? Uh, it's Jim Jim so Jim it's mark speaking we we typically come in below uh the outlook range we provided a a while ago at fourteen and a half to fifteen and a half. We set the range pretty wide because it it's intended to reflect the cyclicality in the sales line so I would say that it's it's more, um, it's probably better to think about the SG&A in the 14 to 15% range, and even that may be a bit conservative. Got it. Uh,
7: and also I was wondering if you could provide your thoughts on the ERS consolidation opportunity, where after acquiring the Long, North Horn, and Mount Tundra, do you think is there more runway for Wade Jacks to pursue this uh, strategy?
2: Yeah, the short answer to that is yes. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty fragmented market. Uh, the scale of Tundra is, uh, would be a bit unusual in the fact that, and, and it's important to recognize that Tundra is not purely an ERS firm, which would be the case with the Loma North Point. Tundra is a hybrid industrial parts and ERS company, so that gives it a bit more scale. But the short answer is yes. There are significant opportunities in the Canadian market with respect to scale ERS and IP acquisitions. ERS being the bigger focus for Wayjacs, and uh, Wajax is ideally positioned to be an aggregator of, of those acquisitions. So that's that's a strategy we continue to pursue. We've got um, we've always got a number of opportunities in front of us uh, that we'll we'll execute when when that makes some sense for the company. Uh, but it's it's a, it's a strategy that we've uh, demonstrated. I think that we can execute, and that we would continue to pursue.
7: Thanks. And um, how how do you feel about your current uh, inventory position? And have you started to make plans uh, to replenish for a potential recovery in demand for for the year?
3: Um, we feel quite good right now about. Uh, where we where we stand uh, with inventory, and as Mark said, we're you know cautiously optimistic uh, that things will start to improve. Um, but you know we're going to sort of stick with um, kind of where we're at now and kind of manage uh, throughout the year um, um, and 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 not increase it uh, too much because we don't think it's really necessary at this
2: point. I think our focus right now is. Um just making sure we're turning the inventory effectively, and it's you know as if the market bounces back more aggressively than than we had built our expectations on, um, you know there, there's obviously going to be some lead time issues and things like that from a supply standpoint. So, you know, but a uh, back up what Stuart said, I mean our our inventory levels right now we're we're quite comfortable with. Um, The extent to which the demand recovers really quickly, we'll obviously be chasing additional inventory from suppliers, but we'll be doing that on the basis of not overshooting uh, demand that we're confident in.
5: All right,
7: thanks, and I'll turn it over.
1: There are no further questions at this time. I will now turn the call back to the presenters.
5: Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was putting
2: my mask on. Thank you very much for your attendance today, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you at the end of the first quarter.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.